Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 3. And um, I've got to preface this with very clearly, um, this is not plagiarism, but this is not my own revelation, okay? So, um, but um, I, I listened to a couple of sermons um, by a, a really good preacher a few over the last couple of years and a couple of times he's touched on this and I thought, well, this is just great for us today. And um, so I'm going to read a slab of Joshua chapter 3, but before we do, I'll um, maybe give us an update on, on where, where we're going to enter in reading. But obviously Moses has died. It's been 40 years leading the people of Israel through the desert, trying to get to the promised land. They've been wandering and wandering and wandering and hadn't made it. And finally, it looks like they're going to uh, cross the Jordan and enter into the promised land, Canaan. And, um, and so Joshua has been handed the mantle. He's feeling under, underwhelmed uh, and he's still learning the ropes as the new leader of God's people. And so we're sort of joining it at that stage whereby they've sent in the spies to spy out the land and they've come back saying, you know, there's all sorts of things in there. Um, but Joshua's rearing up the courage and the faith to cross over the Jordan and go into the promised land. And so um, I think we'll pick it up from um, about verse 5, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and cross over ahead of the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went ahead of the people. Now the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. You shall moreover command the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know the living God is among you, and that he will, be, he will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hiviite, the Perizzite, the Gerasherite, something like that, Amorite and Jebusite. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one for each tribe. It shall come about when the soles of your feet of the priests who carry the ark of God, of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan will be cut off, and the waters which are flowing down from above will stand in one heap. So when the people set out from there... Sorry, just pause for a second. <laughs> Turning the page. From their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters which rose flowing down from above stood up and rose in one heap a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan. And those who were flowing... and those which were flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed opposite Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed to the dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. 
Now, it's a long passage, and it's very wordy, and I got tongue-tied. But there's a couple of things I want to bring out of that today. Um, and really, there's about three key aspects. I hope I get them all right. But the first thing is, uh, it's really quite interesting that the cross, the message of the cross is relevant to us in every area of our life, in every season. There's no season of our life that the cross isn't relevant. And even in this passage, the cross is relevant. Firstly, to get to the promise... We must cross through. We must have a crossing. And we at Easter remember the great cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, where he crossed over for us from death into life. But there may be situations in our life where there's promises yet to be held. And there are very annoying promises that may be 40 years wandering around in the desert. And uh, there's all sorts of reasons why that may be. But there is a, there's an experience or there's an expression of the cross to take us through. And it's interesting in this passage here, it says that when the priests went in, now interestingly enough, that the people of God, and God always said to, whether it's Moses or Joshua or the leaders, send the Levites, send the priests, send those who were in the presence of God, carrying the presence of God first. And this is something um, I'm still learning to do, and that is let the presence of God be first and let the action be second. It's very easy for us to let our actions go first and then hope the presence of God saves us later. And I don't know about you, but you know, it might be whatever the situation you might be, you might have made a decision. And, uh, and it's one of those decisions that, that seemed good at the time, but maybe it was out of pressure. And I often find that when I make a, a, a fleshly decision without the presence of God first, normally I have to put a band-aid on it later. And then I have to put another band-aid on it a bit later to stop the bleeding again. And then a bandage. And then you have to, you know, it's like a snake bite. You have to bandage it all the way up the leg and you have to go all the way up the body because this thing just keeps going and going. The good thing is, is that when we learn to put the presence of God first, the ark first, so to speak, and we can see a beautiful picture of the cross and the resurrection and the presence of God in this passage here with Joshua. Interestingly enough, it goes even further. When the presence of God, when the Levites touch the water, the Jordan stops flowing. Now, obviously, we've heard this story before with the parting of the Red Sea. But then it goes, uh, it, it, when, the priest, when the water stops, and I think from my research, it seems like it's about 30 miles away that the water backed right up, 30 miles away. It says in a town named Adam. Isn't that interesting? That the cross stops everything and takes it all the way back to Adam. All the way back to Adam. It's phenomenal when you see the cross is relevant even with the Israelites thousands of years before Jesus paid the ultimate price. And you can see it through Psalms. You can see it through David's song, the blood of Christ flowing through things. And so we see Scripture's fulfillment begins way back in the Old Testament with God's original people. And this crossing over, he stops, he stops the River Jordan. He stops this mighty river. And of course, that river then flows into the Dead Sea. So he stops our sin, takes it all the way back to Adam, lets it all flow out into the Dead Sea. And there's a completely new place for us to cross through behind the presence of God into the promise. Sometimes we get it the wrong way around, right? And, uh, and the good thing is that this process of applying the power and the truth of the cross is always available. 
right now. No, it doesn't matter what situation you're in, in, in your life, in your decisions, in your career, in your marriage, in your relationships. The cross of Jesus and that same power that takes your sin back to Adam and my sin all the way back to Adam to wash, to wash clean the sin of mankind, so to speak. He, he takes it all the way back, but it's never too late to appropriate the power of the cross. And even today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, it's always available. And, and this really ultimately is our message, isn't it? If you, if you think about, uh, as I said last week, I, I preached my resurrection power sermon, so that wasn't available to me today to, to redo. But ultimately, it's our message, isn't it? I've often heard Bill Johnson say that he doesn't really go with the themes and the seasons, Christmas, Easter. He'll preach whatever God lays on his heart. Why? Because actually they're our message all the time. It's our message all the time. And some of us, we might get really particular. We have to have that on Christmas. We have to have that on Easter. Well, a lot of, a lot of that is our message all the year round. All the year round. doesn't matter what day, what season, night, day. That's what the New Testament says. Paul says that boldly to the Ephesians and the Galatians. You know, don't worry about the day and the season and the time. The message of Jesus is relevant every single day. And this, I mean, we can see it way back here with Joshua. He probably didn't know at the time the prophetic symbolism that he was just about to participate in. But it's the cross. It's the great crossing of God's people who crossed over, went into the promised land, and the rest is history, of course. But once, once we see that he's... I just want to read something else here. Um, once we see that uh, God's people have learned, I suppose, how to, how to hear, Joshua, this is his testing time. This is his testing time. He's sent in the spies and, and often our testing time will come at the most pivotal time when we need to apply and appropriate the resurrection power of Jesus. So it might, the answer may not come through our own methods. The answer, you know, I'm sure with, I don't know, roughly a million people, two million people, how many of there was at that particular time in this tribe, in, in this bunch of Israelites. It's a lot of people anyway. And you've got young Joshua, you know, well, he's not so young anymore, but, you know, he's, he's still young in his wisdom. Um, he's trying to learn, what do I do in this, this sense? But he had, he had the whereabouts to know, okay, if God is telling me to do something, even though I don't quite know what is in the land, I mean, it wasn't exactly a pretty picture when he sent the spies in. It was, it was a lot of violence, a lot of sin, and, and, and obviously um, Rahab ended up being the one which God used to, to help them through. But Joshua had to have faith. And this is a very simple message this morning, really, on faith. It doesn't matter what we're looking at right now this morning in our own situations, that the cross, the cross applied, washing everything, following the presence of God is the thing that will take us through, even if we don't know what the destination looks like. It's often easy for us if we know the outcome, isn't it? But that's not hope. That's knowing. Hope is something that we can't see, but we trust in our Heavenly Father that it's going to come about. And I think this is the great struggle of us being humans and spiritual beings all at the same time is that our flesh often overrides our spirit. Our spirit knows he's got something for us. Our spirit knows that there's something in that for us, but the flesh is so strong. The flesh is so strong that it's very difficult for us sometimes to trust him, let go, 
Let the presence of God go first and then we follow in after the presence of God. And um, I know for me that um, it's, it's really a daily thing. I don't know about you, but it really is a daily thing of applying this victorious power of the cross to every area of our life, every relationship we have. Uh, if we have relationships outside of where the cross stands, then these aren't proper relationships. And, and that goes for me. I mean, if I have relationships that are outside of that, they're not proper relationships. I was uh, meeting again with the, the guys I sold the business to um, nearly five years ago now, and, and I was sitting in, the, in my old office. <laughs> you know, I was the guest this time. And, um, and, so, and I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about how um, my relationship with Jesus has got to affect how I relate to these guys. It can't be any different. If it's different, I'm a hypocrite. And, uh, and, and it's quite a confronting message that this message of the presence and the power of God, the power of the cross must be relevant in every direction, every direction. It's easy when we're in a disaster to cry out. It's easy when we're, you know, absolutely desperate and every door's closed. Then we finally cry out to God and say, come and save me. And he normally does because he's a gracious, loving, heavenly dad. But how much better to obey like Joshua before the crossing, before the time when we reach the promised land. There's a lot more symbolism in this passage. But I want to, in fact, I want us to stand this morning. And just close your eyes. And Lord, we just ask even today that that power of your victory, that power of your great cross, the great crossing over from death to life, the great and perfect picture that we now get to rest on even today, even today. I just feel to in, invite some of you, it's, it's not for me, it's not for anyone else, but just as everyone's got their eyes closed, that today is a perfect day to cross over from where we are now to the fullness of faith, to stand in a posture of faith. Here's what I feel he's asking some people to do. And he's probably including me in this too. But specifically, he's, he's going to just begin to impression this upon some people. Some have rested on natural inklings and knowings of what to do. And that's how you've lived. That's how you've made decisions. And and it's tended to, to get you so far, but only so far. But it's time to step out of the boat and believe God's promises. Now, the great, the great prosperity promise normally doesn't come about until we step out in faith. That's what hope is. It's knowing a word of God, but not even necessarily seeing it. It's, it's knowing there's a cloud way off in the distance but not feeling any rain. And what I feel today is that on Resurrection Sunday, it's a day of victory. It's a day of victory to re-consecrate ourselves to something greater, to re-consecrate ourselves to Jesus Christ wholly and solely in a fresh new way that we may cross over, that he may wash your sin way back to Adam. He may flush out the rest of it down out to the Dead Sea. And as you cross over in faith, behind the presence of God, not in your own strength, 
This is, this is what I feel this morning. Some of you, including me, have done it in your own strength. And it's time that stopped. It's time it stopped. It's time to actually live by faith. It's time to live by the Spirit, not by your own brain or what you can work out. It's time to live by the Spirit. Paul demands us, commands us in Galatians to do this. And, so, and, and here's what I want to encourage you with. I'm telling you, it will be better than your way or my way. Better, better, better. But it takes faith. And so I just want to give an opportunity If that's you this morning and it's time to live by faith, whatever that looks like, whatever that sounds like, stop trying to work it all out yourselves and control every little mechanism of your life so that, you know, it happens this way. Step out of the boat. Live by faith. Live by faith. Just raise both hands right now. I'm just going to pray generally and and that's pretty much going to do it, you know. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you'd quicken your word to us so that we may truly apply the cross to every area of our lives, not just a certain day or a month or a time when we desperately need you, but even right now today, we step out of the boat by faith. We, we apply the cross to every area of our lives, those decisions, those things that we've withheld from you, maybe secret sin, maybe things that have drained, t- taken us away from his presence, maybe things that haven't even allowed us, we haven't allowed him in. Today is the day. Today is the day to allow secret sin to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and for that sin to be taken right the way back and to be reconsecrated by faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer and I want to get everyone just to pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Today is the day. I recommit by faith my life to you, my decisions to you, my relationships to you, that secret sin to you. And I ask that you would come right now. Wash me in your blood. Reconsecrate me. And fill me with your spirit. And I choose today to walk by faith. To cross over behind your presence. To follow your presence as you lead me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, I just want everyone to raise your hands. Lord, I thank you this morning that we get to participate in your death and your resurrection by this mysterious, miraculous power called the resurrection. I ask for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be released in this house and every house represented, every family represented. Lord, we pray that you take us to a new level in knowing the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, knowing the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, knowing that pure blood that washes us clean, that nothing else can, that our own brains cannot do it by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit of God. And we ask you, great Holy Spirit, to come and fill this room with your presence even now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that you may come and refresh us, re-baptize us with your Spirit, 
that you may reconsecrate us in your presence, that as we follow after your presence, you would lead us into your promised land. You would lead us into where you're leading us, where you're taking us. But first comes the cross. First comes the cross, then comes the promise. First comes the cross, then comes the promise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. Just keep your eyes closed. There's some of you who are going to need to go. I know it's Easter weekend and there's all sorts of relaxing. Some of you are going to need to take this seriously because if you don't take it seriously, you're not going to like the consequences. This is like, a, I don't do this very often, but I feel that there's some decisions that some of you need to actually follow the Spirit of God, not your normal carnal nature. It's the Holy Spirit you need to listen to and hear Him so that you can understand it's His ways are not our ways. They're not our ways. They're just totally not our ways. I know enough to know that. And so, Lord, we ask you to come and fill us with your wisdom. Not our wisdom, but your wisdom. Give us your wisdom, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Um, we're just going to put some worship music on, but I want to pray specifically for some of you who felt that word was quickened to you, right? And, and so this is like a day where it really is the beginning of a crossing over for you. That, that, that is really relevant for you. I want you to come right now. We'll just put on some quiet music up the back um, there. And, uh, but let's do that now. I'll pray a prayer of blessing over us and, and release us. Um, Lord, we just thank you today. We ask that you would release your blessing, that you would strengthen us. Help us share your love with other people this weekend and this week. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, come and respond really quickly. Don't wait. Step out right now. I just want to pray with you really quickly. And um, have a great day. If you want to come to Aldinga, we're going to be down there this afternoon. You're welcome. And uh, bless you this week. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.